Hey, welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. This is episode 42, and we're blessed to have Cricket Albertson, director of Titus Women, share a wonderful devotion with us, uh, Rhythms of Love. Uh, she shares personally and then also uh, from the book of John, and just talking about our relationship with Jesus and those rhythms. Uh, it really is an encouraging devotion, and we hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for stopping by. Thanks, Cricket, for sharing this good word. Well, I'm going to share a little, a little differently than I normally do, maybe a little more personally. This isn't so much about um, the ministry we have to others as, as what Jesus has just been whispering to my own heart. Matt and I are in a season of transition um, this this year. My children have all three moved out all of a sudden. So Matt and I have found ourselves home alone. And um, and so it's just we're just learning, right? A learning a whole new rhythm. And that's what that's kind of what he's been. Ta- Jesus has been talking to me about rhythms of love. Um, Matt and I, I was, we were doing our normal morning routine. I was getting him out the door and, um, we'd had some big stress. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it was some big stress. And, um, as he, we were in the hallway and we, as he was about to walk out, he looked down at me and he said, Rick, let's stay connected. Text me during the day. And, uh, then he walked out the door and I waved goodbye and, He's a middle school principal, so he has a thousand middle schoolers. So it's not like we have time during the day for deep conversations. Like a brief text is all he has time for. He's handling um, every possible emergency and things you've never even dreamed of um, during the day. Um, but that word stuck with me. Let's stay connected. And um, I was thinking about in every healthy marriage or in every every healthy relationship, there are kind of rhythms of love, like whispers and things that you kind of get into the habit of doing together um, that kind of form the basis of your relationship and kind of the basis of a stable and happy home or friendship, um, things that you know the other person enjoys or or words of encouragement that you know speak peace, kind of like, you know, kind of like the morning routine or the cup of coffee or, the, or just that brief word of let's stay connected throughout the day. And as I was thinking, as, I, as I've been in this season of transition, I've been thinking, um, I think that is how it is in our relationship with the Lord. And as we go through seasons of transitions where our lives get crazy or we're out of our rhythm, all of a sudden, I think there's an invitation for a new rhythm of love, a new rhythm of grace. And all of us have walked with Jesus for long enough that we can get into our rhythms. This is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do. And this is what we do. Um, And then something will happen in our lives that that kind of turns everything on its head. And all of a sudden there's an invitation to come back to those rhythms and look, (laughs) meet with him face to face. Um, I think the temptation for people in ministry is always to let Jesus get into the third person. We're talking about him. We're talking to others. And we're not, we're not, even if we're meeting him in our quiet time, sometimes there's a temptation to kind of get done and get on with it. And then a season of transition will come or a season of sorrow or a season of illness will come. And then all of a sudden there's this invitation to re-examine those rhythms of love and receive again his rhythms of grace in our lives. And I, I, I was thinking, what does it mean to live, to receive his love, to live in openness with him? My grandfather always used that word. We are persons, we live open. And that's the number one thing that is part of a sanctified life is that we live open not in control, but living open to him. 
sometimes I think, especially we're thinking, what do we need to do and what spiritual disciplines and how do we accomplish these things in our lives? How do we grow in our walk with the Lord? What books do we need to read? What people do we need to reach? What things do we need to do? But I, I think he's been saying to me, this walk with me, Christianity is not so much about giving, not so much about doing, not so much about thinking. It's really about receiving receiving God himself into our lives in all different ways and in all different seasons. And, um, and I think there's this sense that we receive his salvation, but salvation is so much more than just right. A ticket to heaven is kind of this invitation into intimacy with him and recreation in him. And I think at different points in our lives, he wants to recreate us in deeper and deeper ways and wholeness and in strength. He wants to help us see the world from his perspective um, at, at new seasons, so that there's a constant lo- learning and growing with him. And so I've been looking in the book of John. And, you know, the book of John talks, uses that word receive over and over and over again. And to be a receiver of God's presence and love means that we intentionally receive Jesus into all the moments of our lives. Um, But John develops this idea of being a receiver of God's goodness in, in like in very, very practical ways. And so I'm going to read some of the ways that John uses this in his book. And then some of the ways he's spoken it to my life. In John 1, 23, he says, we receive the son of God and we become sons and daughters. To all who receive them, he gave the right to become sons and daughters of God. So we receive identity and family. And I think um, the invitation, right, is in seasons of loneliness, in seasons of displacement for people who, who do not know the love of a family. And this becomes perhaps the greatest invitation. And then in 116, it says we receive his fullness, grace upon grace. And I thought, you know, if if we just took that line today, every day, I receive his fullness. And we think of Ephesians 3, what does it mean to receive all of the fullness of God and to live out of that? So grace upon grace is given. There's this idea of abundance of grace for every situation that we're in. In verse, in in chapter three, verse 11, and this recurs in John more than one time, we receive the testimony of Jesus about who the father is. Jesus says, I have seen and known the face of God, and we find our security in that witness. So when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus um, in, in chapter three, verse 11, Nicodemus says to him, how can these things be? And Jesus answers and says, are you the teacher in Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. I thought it was very interesting that the testimony of Jesus is given in regards to who the father is and the goodness of God. And all we have to do is receive the testimony of Jesus. So any, any seasons of doubt, any seasons of questioning, right? How do we how do we navigate those seasons? We receive the testimony of Jesus about the goodness of the Father. And then in, in chapter 3, verse 27, we receive, John the Baptist says, we don't receive anything except what the Father gives. We receive what the Father gives. And then John the Baptist says, I am not the bridegroom. I am the friend of the bridegroom. I must, I must decrease and he must increase. That beautiful place where John says, I received my identity from the father. And then I step back and allowed the son of God to be who he is. We receive our identity and our place in life from the father, which gives us a contentment without competition, right? I'm not in competition with anybody else. I receive my identity from him. 
And verse in John 3, 33, it says, again, we receive the testimony of Jesus. And in this one, it says, and we know that God is true. And so we receive the testimony of Jesus and we know who God is. In verse 621, receive Jesus, the disciples received Jesus into the boat that was sinking in the middle of the storm. So in the practical, practical areas of our life, we receive Jesus, practical help in real life. Um, and our boats, our boats don't sink. We receive the Holy Spirit and rivers of living water flow out of our lives. John 7, 39, receive the Holy Spirit, right? He stands up and says, and out of you will flow rivers of living water. So the Holy, we, we receive the Holy Spirit and an inner spring of joy and delight and life-giving water flows out of our lives. Chapter nine, we receive our sight. And it's, it, it recurs over and over and over again in chapter nine. Receive, I received my sight. I received my sight. I received my sight. Over and over again, kind of almost repetitiously. And the man who receives his sight cannot believe, right? The Pharisees who cannot see the reality of who Jesus is. We receive the freedom to see the world from God's perspective. Then in 1320, it, he says, um, um, who, you, we receive whomever the father sends to us. So, right, Jesus says, um, when you receive this one in my name, you receive me. And when you receive me, you receive the father. So there's this hospitality of soul, right? So we receive whomever the father sends. And in the process, we receive God himself. We are received, um, chapter 14, verse three, we are received by God into his presence, into the place he has prepared for us. Now, this is the only time where we are received, but it's kind of sweet. Our whole lives, we're receiving the gifts of God, receiving the gifts of God. And then at the end of our story, he receives us into his presence. In 1417, we receive the spirit of truth and he dwells in us. So we have a counselor, a teacher who's with us always. In verse 16, 14, we receive the words of Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And this is the mark, I think, of the Spirit-filled life, that we receive the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, the scriptures become alive. I know in my own life, when I was filled with the Spirit, that was the major difference. It wasn't an emotional thing. The major difference was I couldn't get enough of the Word of God. I think that's the mark. There's a quickening by the Holy Spirit for the words of Jesus. In verse 16, 24, we receive when we ask in Jesus' name. You have not because you ask not, but ask and you shall receive and your joy will be full. So we receive when we ask in his name and then there's a fullness of joy that comes as he hears and answers those prayers. And then in verse 17a, I love this one and it's kind of caught me by surprise um, um, that Jesus says this. I have given them the words that you gave me and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I've loved this idea. I've been thinking a lot about the words that we speak, but I love this idea that, that Jesus, that Jesus says, I received the words from the father and I gave the words of the father to the disciples and they received them. And it was in that receiving of the words that they found life, that they found salvation, um, and that they understood who, who Jesus was. There's whispers from the Father's hearts that we receive. Um, and then the final John, not, not the final chapter of John, but chapter 20, verse 22, after the resurrection, Jesus comes into the room that is locked and he breathes on his disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. 
So we are find ourselves recreated in the image of God through the Holy Spirit. I think the interesting thing about all these, all these references in John to receiving um, is the reminder that when we receive all that God gives of himself, um, we participate in the beauty of that Trinitarian fellowship. And I think that's where our theology really opens the door that we live in this amazing, loving communion with Jesus. My daughter is um, in D.C. She has doing an internship in D.C. So she's lived in the Asbury world her whole life. She's in D.C. and she's she's with everyone she's with is reformed. If they're if they're Christians, they're reformed and not and hyper reformed. <laughs> so I've had all these conversations with her and the, the mental ascent and then the way it works out in your behavior. But she she has called me repeatedly with this sense of mom. But there's something about that Trinitarian fellowship, right, that she's missing something about that understanding of the spirit filled life that there is no comprehension of in the circles that she's and she it's been interesting to see it through her eyes because the difference in her mind between a reformed theology and a wesleyan theology is stark and i thought that was a sweet witness to what jesus wants to do um in the witnesses to the spirit filled life in these days we are welcomed into that divine presence of the father through the son by the power of the holy spirit and we make our home in him and he makes his home in us. And in him, we find that security and that love and that purpose. And then out of that, um, we we operate out of love. Um, I think sometimes, especially probably as we head into the holiday season, um, which may be more true for mothers and women than it is for men, but all the things to do and all the people to love and all the gifts to give and even all the things to be thankful for, right? All the things that actually have to happen um, to make these, these happen for our families. Jesus, I think, has been reminding me, the number one thing I need you to do is pull back into my presence, receive my divine life in you, and then live out of that. So I don't need you so much to be making lists of all the things you're thankful for, as I do need you to be in my presence, receive the life I have to give, and then live out of that. And the reality is that most of the people that we are ministering to don't know the beauty of home, don't know what it means to, to have a home where there's a loving exchange and a rhythm of love and a rhythm of grace. But every human heart is longing for that. I think that's the deepest human longing, right? That there is a safe place in the world where I am known and loved. And out of that then comes my identity. And I think, that's, I think that is the longing of every human heart. And the people that we are loving on in these days maybe have never known it. I've been reading Miroslav's Wolf book, if you don't, The Home of God, um, um, and this is his whole point is, um, and he's the theologian from Yale, um, but his whole point is that we are longing for home and God is longing to make his home in us. And then out of that, <laughs> that double longing and the fulfillment of that longing comes the salvation of the world. And I think as we've, we're heading into the holiday season, I think that's been the challenge that God's been saying, receive me into your heart, <laughs> make your home in me, allow me to make my home in you. Um, and then out of that will flow life-giving water to other people. And in la instead of concentrating on all the things that we do, be able to concentrate on that, um, that relationship of, of intimacy and freedom that comes from his spirit. So that's what I had. And 
I don't know if there are any thoughts. I'd love to hear any thoughts. It, this is pretty basic, <laughs> but, uh, but it's been my, his words, my heart. Well, thanks again for stopping by and thank you, Cricket, for that important word, that encouraging word. Hey, listen, folks, we are getting super close to Christmas um, and uh, we want to invite you if you want to get that gift for someone to check out our bookstore at FrancisAsburySociety.com. Maybe you want to get a copy of This Day with the Master or even Holy Happiness, which Cricket wrote uh, based off of Dr. Kinlaw's teachings. So check out the bookstore at FrancisAsburySociety.com. Grab uh, a gift for someone today that will leave a lasting impact. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll see you next week.